You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. You would use us, uh, just help us, Lord, encourage us, strengthen us, please. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. You can be seated. Tonight we're going to continue this Bible study out of the book of Revelation, and I don't know whether we will continue uh, in a verse-by-verse or if we will uh, jump around a little bit. Uh, But this morning, or this evening here, we are going to look uh, at these verses, and uh, we'll just look at uh, step-by-step here, verse number four. Uh, The first thing we see is John. Uh, John, John to the seven churches. So we see John. Now, who was John? John was uh, the Apostle John. That's the the one that we are looking at here uh, in this passage. John was the Apostle. He was the brother of James. He was the son of Zebedee. Uh, Then uh, they were surnamed uh, the sons of thunder. Uh, Mark chapter number 3 and verse 17, the Bible says, And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, and he surnamed them um, Bonagerus, which is the sons of thunder. So uh, here we have John, James and John. Uh, They were one set of uh, brothers that were in in the list of the apostles. We had Andrew and Simon Peter, another set of brothers that were uh, there. Uh, But here when we look at these, we see all of them were fishermen. And we'll look a little bit more at John when we get to verse number 9 in three weeks. Uh, and just kidding there. Uh, but we'll, uh, we will address that. Uh, but we see here John. And then it said, to the seven churches which are in Asia. Uh, and when we look at this, there were far more churches in Asia than just these seven churches. And when we look at verse number 11, we'll do that another day, uh, as well as in chapters 2 and 3, we'll find the list of the seven churches of Asia in verse number 11. Uh, And then chapters 2 and 3, we will find that there were messages uh, that were given directly to each and every one of these churches. And so let's go ahead and look at a couple different maps. Uh, Brother David put together for me here. And so map number one here, modern day Turkey. And let's go ahead and show that. Now, what you are looking at is if you were looking at a bigger map, uh, you would see the uh, Mediterranean Sea is at the bottom of that map. On the left side of that map would be the Aegean Sea. If you followed it all the way over, what you'll find is it drops down uh, and, uh, uh, and you'll see uh, some things here in this map. It's pinpointed so you can see a little bit more of how that rolls around. Uh, but you have the uh, you have the uh, the Mediterranean Sea, and then uh, you'll see right before you get to the right side of that map, uh, to the east, uh, it will have Cyprus that's there, and then you follow it down uh, along that coastline, uh, Samaria, uh, Galilee, Judea, Israel is there. Uh, and so, uh, and then go to that third map, 
if you would, uh, and you'll see the seven churches listed again, but just into the, uh, the bottom left there of that map, you will see that there's a little red box, and it's pointing to a little dot, and if you look at that, that is Patmos. Uh, that was where John was at when he was writing uh, this uh, this um, uh, book, uh, he was on the Isle of Patmos. He had been exiled uh, to Patmos, and so that was where he was uh, located. And so now, I uh, go ahead and come on back to normal, go ahead and take the maps off. Uh, but here what we find is that uh, when you look at this, sometimes people will go and they will uh, look at these seven churches of Asia Minor and they will state that they are all seven uh, different dispensations and that God dealt with uh, people in different dispensations differently. And the hyper-dispensationalists believe that each one of these churches represented a different age. And so they would say now that we are in the Laodicean church age. Uh, I do believe that each and every one of these churches are churches that had representative characteristics of all churches. And it doesn't matter what age it was. Uh, you can see uh, strengths and weaknesses of churches. And you can see all of them in one church. Uh, and so just uh, looking at those, uh, we are I don't believe in hyper-dispensationalism. Uh, but there are definitely uh, some wonderful truths for us to learn uh, from the seven churches that are listed in Asia Minor. So let's go back to our text verses. Revelations chapter 1. And verse number 4, Revelation 1-4, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. So here we see, uh, we see John, we see the seven churches. Now we see that there are some blessings that are bestowed here. Uh, these blessings that are listed, the first one here is grace. Grace. What a wonderful word. Uh, if you have been saved for any period of time, uh, you have heard a lot of different uh, meanings of the word grace. Uh, some have taken and uh, made an acronym, uh, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. And what a, there, are, there is great truth in that. Uh, others, it is, it is the, uh, the goodness of God. Uh, and you just look at uh, God's goodness to us and His grace. It's the unmerited favor of God towards man. We don't deserve God's grace, but He gives it to us. The word grace is the word uh, charis, and it means uh, goodwill that's freely disseminated by God. Uh, just God gives His goodness. God is good, amen? God's good all the time. God's good uh, when things are going well, and God's good when things are not going well. God is good when we are meeting together in God's house, and God's good when we are meeting online. Uh, God's good all the time. Uh, there is no time where God is not good. And so uh, when we look at this, we see the goodwill of God. Gr God's grace is His goodwill uh, towards us. Uh, and, you know, the goodwill of God uh, coming towards us. And 
You know, just some of the phrases that are, that are used, that we will use. You know, God bless you. Uh, may God richly bless you and keep you. I uh, recently sent out a few texts to different people and, that are going through some uh, real struggles. And as I was, uh, when I was texting them, I, was just, I just told them, I said, just praying that God will richly bless you and give you great grace uh, as you're going through these needs. And, uh, and that's, that is so important here. Uh, grace. God's grace, that unmerited favor. Uh, Ezra chapter number 9 and verse number 8 says this, And now for a little space grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Uh, What is that? That is just God's grace. He has given us a little space of grace. No matter what's going on in the world, God has given us a space of grace. As bad as it is, we have a space of grace. And that's because we have a wonderful God. The goodwill of God freely disseminated to us. Uh, we sing a song, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Daniel Towner uh, wrote it, Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Uh, Sin and despair, like the sea waves cold, threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. Verse 3, dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Look, there is flowing a crimson tide. Whiter than snow you may be today. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace. Freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? Grace, grace, God's grace. What a blessing. We have a God who is a gracious God. Uh, God's grace. And God is so good. God's good all the time. So here when we look at this in Revelation 1-4, it said that uh, he said, uh, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. And then he says, and peace. Grace be unto you and peace. Isn't peace a wonderful word? We think about peace in the Old Testament and was the word shalom. Uh, when you look at the Greek, it's the word irene. And, and this peace, it's a harmonious relationship. Uh, and it's not just talking about peace within uh, people, uh, though that is a wonderful thing. When you're talking about grace here, uh, the grace that he's, uh, the uh, peace here, uh, it is freedom from disputes of war. It's, it's referring to destruction. It's having that peace from, uh, from war, uh, not necessarily a personal uh, peace in our own life, but also the freedom from the enmity, the battles uh, that come, and, and peace. You know, uh, we were at enmity with God before salvation. 
but, but the Lord Jesus Christ has given us peace with God. Uh, Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You know, that's one of my favorite verses. I find myself going over to this verse over and over and over again. Without the shed blood of Christ, I would still be the, the enemy of God. I would not have God as my father. I would have God as my judge. I would still be condemned. Uh, but uh, because of Christ, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, when we're looking at Revelation 1-4, John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, or Turkey at this time, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now, when we look at here in verse number 4 and 5, what we find here is the Trinity. This book is being dedicated, it was being written, uh, and it's, it's referring uh, to the Trinity. It's referring to the Godhead. Now, let's look at this again in verse number 4. It says, from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the spirits which are before his throne. So from him here, which was and is, or is and was and is to come, uh, that's talking about our Heavenly Father. Uh, God who is outside of time. God who is all present. We're talking about Jehovah God. And, and that is the Father is being represented here. And so uh, Isaiah 57, 7, or 15, it says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I think about that verse and just how God dwells outside of time. He's not stuck in 2021. He's not stuck in 18 months of COVID, 19 months of COVID, 24 months of COVID. Who knows? But what I do know is God's not stuck in it. He's outside time. There, there isn't anything that God does not know because he is out time, he still is before the world was. And because he is outside time, he still is right now when the world is no more. He, he is outside the entire expanse of time who inhabiteth eternity. He's present tense inhabiting uh, eternity, the entire uh, realm of time. That's a pretty amazing God, a pretty, uh, a pretty amazing God that we can trust. Why? Because he inhabits eternity. He knows what tomorrow holds. He knows what next election is going to hold. He knows what our legislators will do and what they will not do. And no matter where they are at, we know where our God is at. What an amazing thing. Uh, so here we have the Father being represented, which is, which was, which is to come. Then we see the seven spirits here. Uh, look with me there. Uh, verse number uh, four, it says, uh, And from the seven spirits which are before 
his throne. The his is the Father, so it's before his throne. The Father's throne is the seven spirits. Now, uh, when you look at this and you see the seven spirits, uh, you start wondering, okay, uh, what is the seven spirits representing? Are there seven, seven different spirits of God? And you start looking through some different uh, different uh, uh, passage where the seven spirits are referenced, and we'll look at a couple here. But seven here uh, is a number of fulfillness, of uh, 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 full, fullness, uh, completeness, and it's not speaking of numerical value. It's talking about the fullness of the Spirit of God, uh, the seven spirits, the fullness of the Spirit of God. Uh, Matthew Henry said this, the Holy Spirit called the seven spirits, not seven in number nor in nature, but the infinite perfect Spirit of God in whom there is a diversity of gifts and operations. He is before the throne for as God made, so he governs all things by his Spirit. So let's look real quickly at a couple verses where uh, we find this seven spirits reference. Uh, it's of course referenced here in Revelation 1-4, but it's also re a reference in Revelation 3 and verse 1. Revelation 3-1. Go ahead and turn your Bible there. Revelation 3-1. The Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of, in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Uh, ver chapter number 4 and verse number 5, we'll find that same, uh, same uh, phrase used again, Revelation 4, 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings uh, and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Uh, look down at Revelation 5 and verse number 6. Revelation 5, 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four, and of the four beasts, and of the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And so each of these, uh, they believe, are just referring uh, to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, so we see the, the Father, uh, then which was, which is and was, and which is to come. We see the seven spirits, or the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, the fullness of the Spirit of God. Uh, then also we see in verse number 5, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So then we see, uh, thirdly, in the Trinity, we see Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the, Ho the, uh, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so in this listing, it is God the Father, God the Spirit, and then God the Son. And it says here, uh, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Now, when we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, we see that there are many titles that are given to him. And of those titles, we know that he was prophet, 
He was priest and he was king. Not only was he one of those, he is all of those, prophet, priest, and king. Now, uh, we could, man could be a prophet and a priest. They could be a prophet and a king. David was a prophet and a king. Uh, you had others that were prophets and priests. But there is only one that is allowed to be prophet, priest, and king. Uh, when you, you remember the, uh, the judgment that uh, Saul received because he ended up offering the sacrifice, because Samuel had tarried? You see, uh, Saul had been a prophet. Saul was a king. Uh, but when he stepped into the realm of actually offering a sacrifice, uh, he, took, uh, he took a position uh, that was prophet, priest, and king, and that was never accepted for any man. Uh, the only one that was allowed to be prophet, priest, and king was the Lord Jesus Christ. So here when we look at the faithful witness, that's rep representing our Lord Jesus Christ as the prophet. We talked about false prophets and true prophets. And a false prophet was one who, who would proclaim something to, to, to be that was not true. The Lord is a faithful witness. There was never anything that he said that did not come into being. He's a faithful witness. That was him as a prophet, uh, the first begotten uh, of the dead. Uh, and with that, the Lord, as his resurrected uh, self, what did he become? He became our high priest. And he took that sacrifice blood and he took it to the mercy seat, uh, the first begotten of the dead. He was that priest. And then we see that he was the, the prince of the kings of the earth, uh, the Bible says here. And so we see him as king. And the Lord was all of the above. He was prophet, priest, and king. So look again, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4 or verse number five, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, all of that was introduction. So I've got three points for you tonight, and so I will not keep you long, I don't believe, uh, but here we're going to get now into the message. And it said in verse number five, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, skip down unto him that loved us, unto him that loved us. Uh, he loves us, number one. He loves us. You know, what a blessing that we have the prophet, priest, and king. We have the very only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We have him who loves us. Why would, why would the Lord Jesus love me? I have no idea why he would love me. But I'm sure thankful that he does. And not only does he love me, he loves you. He loves you. And you know, in these days, it sure is a wonderful thing to be loved, isn't it? 
with all of the events that are going on in the world, all of the problems, all of the things that are changing, being loved is a wonderful thing. But being loved by Him is amazing. He loves us. He loves us uh, unto him, Jesus that loved us. What a blessing that that is. Uh, uh, John chapter 15 and verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Uh, there's no love greater than the Lord's love. He gave himself for us, what great love uh, that he has. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And here in Revelation, uh, it says uh, that unto him that loved us, unto Jesus that loves us. What a, what a wonderful addition. You know, John, he was a man... Who, who recognized love. You could just see it in everything, all the way through the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, uh, and here in Revelation, the, the book of Revelation, Revelation, the apocalypse. Uh, and you look at that and you think, okay, out of all the judgment, yet he stops through inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he makes sure that we know that Jesus loves us, unto him that loved us. And what a blessing. So he loves us, number one. Number two, he washed us. He washed us. Right here in verse 5, uh, it says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He washed us. What an amazing God that he can take a he can take something as staining as blood and he can wash us and make us white as snow. But the sacrifice of Christ was there for us. Romans 5 1 again, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter number 9. Take your Bibles, go there. Hebrews chapter number 9. And we find that Christ acting as that high priest and also acting as the sacrifice. Uh, here, Hebrews chapter number 9, look at verse number 11. Hebrews nine eleven. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so here, what do we find? Uh, he, he loves us, but he washed us. 
Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. And if you're saved tonight, your sins are gone as well. Uh, and what happened? Uh, the, that sin stain that was there, that sin debt was there, it's all been washed away by the very precious blood of Christ. And let's not lose uh, the importance of that. Uh, I, the Bible is does not have a bloodless salvation. Uh, salvation uh, by the shed of blood without the shedding of blood uh, it says there is no remission uh, in Hebrews chapter number nine and he washes us but then not only did he wash us he loves us he washes us he also hath made us kings he made us look at verse six and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen here we go back to Trinity here we go back seeing uh, that uh, he hath made us kings and priests unto God. Now, God here is referencing the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, unto God and his Father. So the Lord Jesus here is being identified as God, and here it references, and his Father, which would be uh, our Heavenly Father. And then it says, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So here he hath made us. What did he make us? He didn't make us servants. He said, he, he said I have not called you servants. He said, I called you my friends in John 15. What a blessing. Now, we serve him not out of obligation, but out of love. You know, I, I do things for my wife, not because I have to. I do things because I want to. I love her. Because of my love for her, I want to make her happy. I want to do things for her. And the same thing for our, for our Heavenly Father and for our, our Savior. We serve Him not because we have to. We serve Him because we love Him. You know, that's why the Lord wants us... Uh, that's where it talks about his commandments are not grievous. You know when they're grievous? They're grievous when you don't want to do something for Christ. That's when they're grievous. But when you are wanting to do right, uh, when you're wanting to serve him, the expectations and the things that we see, they're, they're not a burden. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, but, but with that, we get to serve him. And, and he, but he said here that he hath made us kings. He made us kings. Wow. He has... Put us in a high place. You know, right now, nobody looks at us as kings. Nobody looks at us as princes. But God says, uh, and he made us a king, hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. So we are kings and priests unto the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and unto the Father. And so, uh, Revelation 4. 510 it said and and hath made us unto our god kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth hey there's coming a day the millennial reign we're coming back we're going to come back but it's going to be under a different ruler uh when we come back uh the lord's going to be in in control 
Uh, you think about, uh, you think about uh, Timothy when it talked about uh, praying for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, which is the will of God concerning you. Uh, what is that? That, that is uh, when uh, there are those that are in authority uh, that are good. There are blessings that come from it. Just think about how good it's going to be when the Lord's reigning down here and he hath made us kings and priests and we are going to reign we shall reign on the earth revelation 5 10 so he hath made us kings and then he said he hath made us priests priests unto god jesus christ and his father jehovah god the father and he made us kings and priests unto god that means that we are to act on his behalf We are to be his representative between the holy and those that are secular or not sacred. We are are to be that vessel that is standing in that mediator. The priest was the mediator between God and man. Jesus Christ was that mediator. He was acting as a priest. And, and with that, uh, we are to be priests. We are to be engaging between man and God. Now, there is one mediator, and that's the Lord Jesus. But he has given us the opportunity to act and to, to be on behalf of him as we interact in this world. First Peter 2.9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Wait a second. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you say, well, pastor, that's only talking to the, uh, to the, uh, the Jewish people, the Israel. Uh, well, in Romans, he says, there is no Jew nor Greek. We, we, are, we are them. We have been grafted in. Uh, we are a part of the vine. Uh, and so uh, you are chosen generation. So uh, a, a royal priesthood. So with that, we just see here uh, that, that uh, the Lord, he loves us, he washed us, and he made us kings and priests. And what an amazing thing to think that one day, we're going to get to rule and reign with him. Uh, now we get to serve him, and we'll serve him for eternity. But there's coming a day that we get to serve uh, right there alongside him and reign with him uh, because he loves us, he washed us, and he made us kings and priests. And we're going to go ahead and end the service, and we are going to sing Revelation 4.11. Uh, so take your Bibles there, Revelation 4.11. And we will close out there with Thou Art Worthy. Go ahead and stand together, and we will, we will sing that together. Uh, Revelation 4.11. You ready? Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to glory, glory and honor.
created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, I know Miss Stephanie had some kids club things going on uh, before service for the kids. And thank you for that. Uh, looking forward to being back together. But I'm praying for you. I love you. And just uh, be, back, be in your place and keep on serving the Lord. And we will be assembling uh, together soon. But until then, uh, we will see you again online on Sunday. God bless. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.